This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Let's put our hands together for ourselves. All right, at this point, you know, we've said it all. We'll be bringing up our man of God. And in this house, we honor Pastor Shola. So may I please ask for you to rise to your feet as our father, our man of God, the man of wisdom. Let's appreciate him because it's because he gave us permission to gather that we're here today. And we'll be having something very light at the end of the service. So please please put your hands together for my father. I don't joke with him in any way, shape, form or manner. Pastor Shola, thank you so much. He's coming forward, don't worry. Keep clapping, keep clapping. Keep you know, a lion walks majestically. He's coming forward. Thank you, everybody. All right. Maybe I should have the smaller puppet down. Thank you so much. I'm sure you've been having a very wonderful time. Usually, I prefer to answer questions. Let's start this way. Let me ask all married people that are here to come forward and sit here. I might need you to say one or two things. If you are married and you are here, please come to the... I saw a few at the back over there. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Are you really ready tonight or this evening? You are really, really ready? Okay. Actually, I'm, I'm here by sacrifice. My team is playing and I don't know whether we are losing or we are winning. What is called like now? It's still zero. I know Chelsea is playing Newcastle and <laughs> that's the best team in the world. And... Um, if you, don't, if you are not happy with that, no problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll be sharing a few things with us tonight, just for a very short time. And then I'm hoping that, um, please, all married people that are in the house, come to the choir seats. I plead with you. Just come to the choir seat here where I can see you. Let's appreciate them. Please come Thank forward. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, can everybody hear me this evening? All right, can I have your seats? Thank you so much. Let me say that um, it will be very necessary to try your best to listen very well. Now, I understand also, because I'm dealing with young people, these are the days of social media, Facebook, Instagram, in case you are one with you right now on your phone, you are watching or you are chatting, can you just stop for a while out of honor and respect? Uh, because you will be distracted if you don't. Just put up your phone, put up your phone, and let's stop for a very short time. And then if you are at the back, one thing about sitting at the back in the church is that it has a way of tempting you not to be part of the meeting. So if you are at the back, 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 make sure nobody's talking to you right now. That's why you are here, and we must maximize the reason why we are here. All right? right? Looking at these wonderful faces today, 
uh, one of the fellow pastors just whispered to me at the back that with the number of people here, there should be at least 50 marriages here. <laughs> Personally, one of the things that uh, uh, bothered me over the years is to see a boy and a girl ex excited, happy, um, all over each other, and then two years into the marriage, the excitement is gone, there's no joy, there's no excitement, there's no enthusiasm, and they are just there. I feel bad watching people not being able to give a very good report of their marriage. And it looks like the more we are approaching the last days, the more people are having issues in marriages. It's very painful to see two people joyfully bring their wedding IVs to you, and then two years after that, one is going this way, one is going this way. They are both tired of what they have agreed to start. Very painful. Yet we witness this pain everywhere we are. Usually I like to start this way. Even though there is a portion of the Bible that I want to read. But I like to start this way. Quite a number of people here are doctors. At least I know about four doctors. Dr. Billy just went down. I know about four, four, five, six doctors here. To be able to practice medicine, you must have been in an institution for six years. They will not hand people's body over to you if you have not been certified as a doctor. You will not be trusted to fly an aeroplane if you have not gone to aviation school, and after going to school, you will be tested. Marriage is the only thing that many double into and get into without proper training or at times without training at all. And if you think you have been prepared for marriage, then the next question is, who prepared you? What is the quality of your preparation to be able to know that you are able to undo this institution very well. Everybody in life agrees. If they tell you you are not feeling fine and you are told that this doctor that they brought you to has never been to medical school, I'm sure straight away you will change your mind. You are about to fly to UK and at Moitalamame airport, all of a sudden somebody says to you, or the pilot says it himself, that you know what? I just want to fly this plane by, by faith. I don't know anything about flying. I've never been to aviation school. You will need to, you must be under a spell to sit there in the plane. Or the enemies are really ready to crash you. Because a normal individual hearing that will just say to himself, that you see, <laughs> God be with you till we meet again. I need to get down. Why are you doing that? You believe that this person is not qualified to fly this plane, not even for 30 minutes, not to talk of UK, which is about 6 hours, or better still, America, which is about 11 hours, 30 minutes. Why? Why then do people get married? Why then do they ask somebody to join them in their lives? And then without adequate preparation or adequate understanding, there is one step that you must master if you want to have a very good marriage, 
Marriage does not begin when we join people at the altar. Marriage begins with you. And you cannot be truly married if you are not first of all truly single. That's the beginning of what we are talking about today. Only those who are truly single. Sound, what is going on? It's Wally around. Only those who are truly single can be truly married. See, there are no mistakes in God. In the spirit, when he created man and woman, he created man, male and female at the beginning. But he made sure that one came out first, one lived a single life first, before a woman was brought to him. Because while you look at somebody to ask her, like I started last week, while you look at somebody to date, what you are not looking at is how good you have been in any friendship. The beginning of a healthy relationship, marriage or courtship, is this Proverbs 18.24, which I started last week. The Bible says, A man, and it applies to a woman also, that must have friends, must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In other words, the foundation for every good relationship is first of all to understand how to be a good friend. Listen to me. Um, if you are not standing well, attempting to carry a load might make you fall. There is a balance you need to attend to. As a single guy, it is when you are standing well that your marriage will stand well. Your marriage will never be better than your single life as an individual. As a matter of fact, Apostle Paul started by saying that, he that is single, you are happier than the one that is married. He was not saying that people will not have a good marriage. But he began to say that, pay attention to your singlehood. What kind of single are you right now? Now, there are single people who have defects here and there. They are def deficient in many things. When you are like that, marriage will not make you old. Marriage will only actually expose the deficiencies all the more. So many people don't know this. The more skillful you have become in handling friendship, the easier it will be to live with opposite sex. So the moment God said to Adam that it is not good for man to be alone, and I've shared that diversely or severally here, when God said it's not good to be alone, I will make you help me. The next thing that God did in that Genesis chapter uh, uh, 3 or 2, when he said it's not good for man to be alone, I will make him a helper comparable, and then God began the process by doing something in Genesis 2. The Bible says, you would expect that the moment God said that it's not good for man to be alone, he will bring Eve to Adam. God did not start with Eve. A good marriage does not start with the woman you want to marry. Now, the Lord said it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a help for him. But look at the next thing. Verse 19. Out of the ground, God formed every beast. So it was, it was not Eve first. God started with beasts. And every fowl next and brought them to Adam to see what he will call them. If you don't know how to define and do every other relationship correctly, 
you will mess up the one that is supposed to be a lifetime relationship. So God said to Abraham that, Adam, I, it was my decision to give you a woman. But before I give you a woman, so that you don't destroy her and destroy yourself, you are going to start with other types of relationship. How do you relate with beasts of the field? How do you relate with the fowls of the air? You see, marriage is not an isolated event. A man who is not kind to other men will not be kind to you. People pay attention so much. And this is why I love the way you started people meeting themselves. Strive to meet people. Strive to honor people. Strive to love people. Don't start with marriage. Don't be too quick to ask somebody out. First of all, practice being an expert in handling relationships. What is your relationship with your siblings like? What about your mother? And this is what opposite says. Don't you see? Real love is not blind. Real love sees very well. If I sees in 4D or 5D or whichever D. This is why you will not be under much pressure if the foot you are putting forward is that of friendship. There's nothing wrong with knowing that you have not committed yourself or knowing him. You go to their house, you are you hang around, you go places, but you have not said anything because you are bound only by your words. What you are doing is trying to understand this person. What that will let you know, especially if you are the type that you have been trained on how to handle relationships. See, if you are good friends around you, male and female, and you are able to tell that this Chioma, Yetunde, Tokwe, they are my female friends. And there is nothing attached. I can go to their house. I can even eat in their house. They know I will not ask them out and I will not ask them out. What that training will do for you is that you begin to understand women without a commitment to any. So that when you meet the one you are committed to, you have better understanding. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a great mistake. When you quickly let words come out of you as a man because a girl is close to you, or as a girl, when you quickly open up yourself to say yes because a guy is nice. Did you get what I've just said now? This is why, uh, when we were in school, I, I didn't, but quite a number of people started a relationship from campus. And I realized that most of them are having a very good marriage outside school. Because we're in the fellowship. First of all, we're all friends. And after a while, some people, it was in final year, they asked, but in the same fellowship that we've been for four years, they had other 16, 13, 14 female friends. We're in the same fellowship. So after years, then they decided to settle down for somebody because they have taken their time to master all these relationships. Who is a whole single? And that is the summary of what I'm sharing with you tonight. Which you should be. Which space should a real single be? There are about four things that they show your relationship with those four things. Like a table we have four legs. Some might divide it further more than four. But essentially I will say four areas of life that you need to let your, when you attain balance within these four entities, you 
handle a marriage relationship very well. And when you are seeking for an opposite sex to get along with, also check how balanced they are in these four areas. You know, I have sat back and I wonder. So number one, you have money. I'm not arranging them in the order of importance. We talk about vision assignments. Relationship with other people and their relationship with God. They can, you can split them further. These four things, at any point in time, a woman, there is a part of us, so balance four things. What is the relationship of the guy and the lady with God? What is the relationship of the guy and the lady with friends, family, parents, uncle, boss at work, other colleagues at work? What is the relationship of the person with money? How to handle? And then, what's the last one? What's the person's vision? Assignment or not? When you view people with these four lenses, they will give you an understanding of who they are for real. You know, in my years of being a pastor, and because when you are a shepherd, you are forbidden from exposing people's secrets or saying things that you cannot say before them. You must not. And when it comes to marriage, I don't control people. If you come and meet my pastor, I want to marry this. It's none of my business. I will join you once the two of you are Christians and will come and eat rice at your wedding. But I don't run people's life with prophecy and say, I've just prayed. God is saying that that's not... A few times God spoke to me about some people, but I refuse to say anything. I don't run people's life. Everybody has the right to hear from God for themselves. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will have to be exceptionally close for, him, for me to really tell you of my real opinion about what you're asking me. Because I'll just be like, why are you asking me? I'm not going to live in the house with you. But I, I've seen women about to get married to a guy who is so careless with money, who borrows here and there, and in my heart, I would just be like, dear Lord Jesus. Some were even colleagues in school. And right now, the kind of problem that they have entered into. It is not a cheat. It is not a woman bitter. But there is a problem with the way he handles finance. And the girl didn't say it because she, never, she was never trained to have an understanding. Because when you understand these four things yourself, you can spot it if one is lacking in someone's life. One year into their marriage, he has borrowed from everybody and the relationship was under. Listen to me. Sometimes people don't break up because of lack of love or lack of understanding. Love is not the only thing that keeps people together. There can be love. If other things are missing, love will become another song. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. I have seen also people very rude to their parents. He champions, I love you, or a woman says, but when you check other relationships in his life, his boss believes that this guy is so stubborn, his level of insubordination was at another level. You are the only one that is not saying that all other relationships around him are falling apart. But it takes you to KFC. And you are taking ice cream, and cream has covered your face. It is obvious to people that this guy doesn't respect any other person. <laughs> I'm sorry that pastor was just told. 
of a guy. He wanted to marry this lady and something of relationship ended and he married someone else. Thank you. And he ran to this. They met years after. And he was thanking Linda, thank you for not marrying me. He said, I did not know that some things were in me. That one day, my wife's father came to the house and, she, and he was talking. And I didn't know when I carried him from floor and slammed him. Then he said, when he was telling her the story, I, of course, you will picture your own dad. Like WrestleMania 9. <laughs> and she was like, Lord, thank you. Now, they were all in school, but believe me sincerely. Even though, sir, you can't see into someone's heart, God has a way of, if you observe what I've told you just now, you cannot see inside someone's heart, but the person will do something that will let you know what is inside the heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How does the person not do money? What about other relationships? It will be wrong. If the guy does not define all other relationships around you, he cannot show you women close to him, but absolutely nothing. What is dangerous about that? Or a woman, there are guys around her, but it is well defined. They talk, they greet, but this is my friend, or this is my older friend. This one is a colleague in the office. And you know what? You are a colleague and a colleague you shall be. This one, we are both in the choir. You can see us going home together after rehearsal, but I guarantee you, there is nothing. I have learned how to put people where they belong. We are both in prayer units, but you will not see me taking advantage of the father we are going to prayer units. I see her every day. There is no desire to ask her, not because she's not beautiful, but I have settled in my heart that she is a member of the prayer band, and a member of the prayer, prayer band she shall be. This is somebody in the office. We are very close. Even also, please, I, I'm, I'm carefully defi defining our closeness. Because I have also seen some married people that they complain. The woman will say that the guy is still close to one female friend, any closeness that threatens your marriage is a problem. Male or female, any closeness that threatens your marriage. Now, if you say that, Pastor, there's no problem, she's just a friend, it's my wife that is insecure. Then the question is, why did you marry an insecure girl? Or, Pastor, I don't know any guy I meet, even my friends in the office, my uh, old school mates, anytime I talk to a male, my husband gets jealous. Why didn't you see that where you were dating? That this guy has problems. And it is true. So people are like that. I have met some people. The relationship with other people was so plain. They don't call at odd hours, but once in a while they greet people. Yet the man will not let them breathe anytime he see a guy's number on their phone. And he went to do his investigation. He found that this guy is in the office. He's even married. Nothing. But his jealousy will not allow him. See, you don't want to experience all these things when you are married. Yeah, this is the reality of some people as I talk to you right now. Yes. And I used to think that ladies were the only ones feeling that it's when the guy is caging them. Until I met guys that their wives were caging them also. Suspecting everything you do, everywhere you go. Yes. And what that leads to is this. You come home, she's wondering where you are coming from. And of course, for sure, there will not be sex that night. 
gradually you are drifting apart and drifting apart and drifting apart. God help you that you don't out of anger want to do something that normally you wouldn't even do because the gap is getting wider and wider. As long as you are coming from the place, she is prepared to accuse you and ask questions. And you get angry. And that goes on like that. And you try your best to explain, your explanation will not work. Okay, how come was she the only one woman there? Why was she the one we were talking to? And then that ends. Three days after, you are somewhere again. It begins again. And then questions upon questions. You know there are people, even though they are Christians, but the way they search each other's phone is more than what FBI can do. They search and search and search and search. I don't know. I mean, I leave my phone for anybody to search, but I've never searched my wife's phone. I don't even know how to unlock her phone, and I'm not interested. Yes. I shocked them one day when I told people that I don't know how much my... See, this is what we... I don't know how much my wife is earning. My wife works with a bank, and I don't know. Till she became a bank manager, I did not know. Now that I'm, I don't still know how much... When she brought it, when she came to me, I was one that price she was jubilated. They just made me a manager of a branch. I did not ask her that, so what are the financial, because I don't need her money. And I've been doing this since when we were seven in this church, when I was living nothing but by faith. She was working in a bank. She bought a car for herself before we got married. I have never told her once. Okay, so how much was I saying that we know what we are going to do with it? This is being a man, because part of what we learned in school, as in among other Christian brethren, it's never to take advantage. Find your own way. Trust God to help you so that you will not depend on anybody. So already I was practicing that as a single person. So getting married, I had a lot of needs that they were staring my face like this. But I decided what about if she was not there. So it's not time to call for her salary. A few times she paid for some things and I was grateful for it. If a good woman does, you should appreciate her. But don't demand for it. They are part of what you should learn right now. It's part of the training about how to handle money. How do you behave when the money is not there? I get what I'm saying. Glory to God. I can spend the whole day talking about vision and assignments. Because that's going to affect the direction the marriage will go. What exactly, and that applies more to men. It applies to women also. But thank God for what women are doing nowadays. Even some of them work better and just do a lot. Fantastic. So you need to understand what exactly. I was, I was, I was uh, listening to a man and a woman. And I was talking about a minister and minister too recently. The man announced to his wife, he had a job maybe in a place like IBM or one of the best places in America to work and was ending big. And all his life, from a little child, he had been running away from the call of God praying. And one day he said, Lord, I can't go anymore. This is somebody if you can convert to Nana, maybe earning like relative of seven million per month. And he told the wife that you know what? I'm resigning. It's time to preach the gospel. I have disobeyed God enough. The woman said, Not in this life. She said, if you mention it again, because she was enjoying the office will pay for their vacation. Who doesn't want to marry a man that earns seven million every month? Uh uh-uh. Every two months or three can buy almost any car. Things were going. And the official house and everything. The woman said, you mean all these things will end? She said, if you mention it again, I will take her two kids and end the marriage. He waited for six months. He thought she would change her mind. He said, it's too late to pray in some regards. He interceded for her, Lord, let my wife understand. 
and he mentioned it again. She carried two kids, left the house, and left the man. The man entered the pressure for seven years. He didn't do the work. He didn't do the work of God. He lost his own job because of what happened to him. Depression. So he heard and the woman talk one day and he revived back. Now I'm going to go back and serve God. Vision and assignment. We talked about direction. Which direction is the person going in life? Now, which direction are you going? Hallelujah. And of course, God. For some reasons, the single man God created, he put him in the garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 are the only two chapters in the Bible, perfect chapters, before the fall of man. They show God's original plan for man. They show God's original plan for man. God's original plan is Genesis 1 and 2. So when God created man, he put him in the garden. It represents a place of open heaven, a place of God's presence. So the man, because, see, if you are not, we, we call this ministry single and satisfied. There must be a satisfaction in you. Which means, it's not that you don't desire to marry, but you are balanced about life. You are happy with life. Otherwise, you cannot bring anybody into an experience you don't have. You can't give someone what you don't have. I get what I'm saying. So if you, first of all, you are not satisfied in life, you can't bring satisfaction to any life. So we don't use marriage to make up for deficiencies. We first of all become old as a single so that you can bring oldness to somebody else that is coming into your life. You look for satisfaction as a single. That means financially you don't have billions, you don't have 10 million, but there are things going. Vision and direction. You are not yet there, but you know the path you are taking in life. You know what is ahead of you, and you are beginning to journey towards the place. In terms of relationship, people around you, you are a blessing to them. You know those who are your friends. You know those you should be close to. You know those that you should not be close to, even though you honor them from afar. You have been able to divide your life. You have friends, you have acquaintances, and you even have people that you have to be careful around. You have mastered all those things, how to deal with people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is someone with me tonight? Yes. So when you are in a church like this, or for some of you that attend other churches, any church you are, wherever you find yourself, build friendship first. Shift your focus a bit from, begin to build friendship and begin to improve yourself to the point where you are now very strong, happy, and satisfied. So God, first of all, gave Adam everything. He was still keeping the woman. So he said that this is what, till the garden, assignment, still keeping the woman. He gave four rivers in the garden with gold inside, resources. He was still holding back the woman. And when God was through with everything, Adam could wake up in the morning, he could ride horses, he saw a river full of gold, he had a work to do, trimming the garden. Everything was in place. And then God said, now that everything in place does not mean you now have 50 million in your account. It just means that these four things, you have found your rhythm around them. I get what I'm saying. If you are hearing me, say amen. amen. I want to be sure everybody is... Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So it does not mean that now you have two private jets. Then you say, I'm satisfied. Those things don't exactly be... It is your relationship with them. 
Now you know how to save. It might just be 200,000. But see, it gives you joy when you notice that there is a progress in your life. Others might not notice, but you are happy with yourself because where you were yesterday is not where you are today. There is a joy. See, that joy is necessary. There is nobody you will marry, not even a there is nobody you will marry on this earth that you will not have a bit of emotional stress. It is latent power inside the way it comes from satisfaction about life that will help you test it. This is why some guys though gentle, all of a sudden they are frustrated and they hit the woman. There is no shock absorber to absorb that pressure. And you can't live in this world and not face pressure at certain time, one time or the other. But see, if you are happy and satisfied with life, there is, this is why, see, let me give you an example. You will not likely fight or reply a downfall driver who is abusing you the day you won 10 billion. They just called you now that you want them and they gave you to and you are driving back. And they down for them and say, your father. You see, what we come from here? Because there is joy bubbling within. Yes. Do you know that this lad also you don't fall sick? They cannot ask you someone to collect two billion tomorrow money. Say, why are you not there? I have malaria. <laughs> There are things that the Creator has put in place. Men who are happy with their life, usually they are not always very aggressive. Women who are happy with their life, they are usually they have higher understanding and tolerance than the one that is. Yes. Did you get what I just said now? Hallelujah. Looking at all these precious faces, imagine. If everybody in this or look at your number, marries correctly, how beautiful will it be? Even for this nation. If all of you are producing children, who can say that my father is my mentor and my mother is my mentor? How wonderful will it be? If you know in your heart that, let's be very honest, I have not had a very good training in how to undo our process and the rest. Don't think relationship first. Think of acquiring that lesson first. Yes. The truth of the matter is this. If you know what some of us who are married, you, we know. It is very easy for you to know if a man is selfish or a woman is selfish. Those things don't I so that many people don't see it. You see, light is understanding. I will stop here because I don't want to. This almost, almost gave me to pray, but I'll stop. See, light is understanding. Um, we can begin to worship now. So people might have their eyes open to see some visions. It's because of the light that is given to them. Many times, when you are looking for an object on the floor, and you put on the lights, many times it's not only that the light is shining on that object. The light is also shining on your face. That's why you can see. There is a way that your inside is flooded with light and knowledge. That you can read people, even when they are trying to cover. It is very easy for a woman to know if a man is self-centered. And it's very easy for a man to know when a woman is self-centered. If you are a very good friend, and you have practiced handling friendship for a long time, you will not reject the person as a friend, but you will know that this is a friend I cannot marry. 
Say amen. Did you hear that? Yes. There are many friends. They are good people. But you cannot marry them. You have stood before these four things or between these four things. And you look at her and you're like, no, maybe she's good for someone else. Maybe it's good for someone else. But with my relationship with these four entities, this is not the person. But it doesn't stop me from being your friend. We are still talking. I will attend your marriage. You will attend my birth. You are not the one for me. If you cannot define life this way, you are going to bring in a wrong person. You won't like it. There are so many married people who are not even fighting as it were, as in openly or divorcing or anything, but they both know inside themselves that they would have been happier marrying someone else. You know, in Africa, we know that people will call you if you say you want to divorce. That's why divorce rate is very low here. It's not that people here are better than foreigners. It's because here you consider a lot of things. That's why I like our marriage. You first go and Dubai and all those things. By the time you calculate, it's very difficult to break up here. But in countries where you meet someone in the afternoon and go to court in the evening and they join you together, that's how you also separate. One day she says nonsense. You know what? Get out of my house, man. And that's what just says. I mean, so... <laughs> because no process starting, so no process ending also. You know the way they divorce in America? Small thing. Some people do it on phone. Did it just come in stupid? You know what? It's over. And they go to court. And over and over, and this is happening. Say so Washington has a very high rate of divorce. They are close to the seat of power. If we don't understand this, instead of civilization to be a blessing, it can be a problem. And that is happening everywhere. I have shared with, me, with you briefly from my heart today. If you don't remember everything, you can play this message again. Just remember those four things and then remember that put the foot of friendship first before the next one. Make, be willing to just get along with people as a friend. Then check every other relationship in your life and the life of your friend. All your friends, as much as you meet an opposite sex and you are getting close and she's one of your friends, but you are beginning to consider, check all these four things. Yes. Someone that will drain you emotionally would have been showing the signs, doing it to somebody else, only that you are not saying it. During courtship, people hide. So it can appear to be so nice, it can appear to be so friendly, but... She's doing that to you, but I do service to other people. So if you know how to check, you will know that even though you appear nice to me, but naturally, you are not a nice person because I see what to do with other people. Yeah. Never make the mistake of checking how a man deals with people who depend on him. Juniors at work, younger ones, People depend on him. He's a boss somewhere, those under him. When people come under him, there is a way he treats them. When you come under him, it might not be different. Yes. These are the things going on back and forth and people are not paying attention to. Friends in the house, I want to leave you with this. Again, I want to say to you, practice friendship. Work on your ability to flow with people without necessarily planning to marry them. Men, women, everybody. Practice friendship. Yes. Learn to be able to visit a woman in the house and sit down with her and you talk. And it doesn't lead to anything. 
You are not going to say because she's always around you. Now say I want to marry you. No. You, and you are free to have as many friends as possible. Have friends. When they are doing something or bed, they buy a little gift, but there is nothing. She has an issue, a problem, she can confide and talk to you, and you are not going to turn it quickly to a relationship. When you do that, you will see what others cannot see. So you begin to see. By the time you settle down with somebody, you would have vetted the person very well. And it will help you. It's a sign of weakness. To quickly open up because somebody is nice to you. She can smile day and night. You to smile back. But that does not equal. Yes. When I was in here, we bought gifts for a lot of ladies, but without anything. Some of them, when their parents were doing something in Lagos, I went to the rest of Ibado. We came from UI to help them do party in Lagos. The parents, the father is 60 years old. We came. And the fathers, we are your friends. And we sat there, there. They gave us rice. We ate. But it didn't lead to anything. I don't know how many women I met growing up that I met their parents. But I never asked them out. I was welcome in their house. It helped. Many of them, we sat down to watch movies together. We were jesting. There was one. I could go to the house. I would open the gate. I would enter and I would say, without anybody being at home. I was that free in the house. But there were no strings attached. And I did not make the mistake. There was one I was very close. We got very close. And one day she said that she felt that, oh, she said, Shola, I wasn't a pastor then. I feel you are the one for me. <laughs> I have found that people will always like you when you're a good friend. So I told her that no. Because I knew from the word go. And this person is even a doctor now. I said, you see, you are a very wonderful person, and she was. I said, in every sense of it, an amazing friend. And we are still friends till today. I said, but I don't see a relationship here. No issue about her, no comma. She was a good girl inside out. She had better morals than myself. Very strong standards. At times we'll pray together, we'll talk. But I just checked my spirit and I felt that, no, she's not the one. Otherwise, when you marry the wrong person or someone that should be your friend, the two of you, the, at the end of the day, you can become monsters. You understand? And it's not because you are bad or she's bad. It's just because you are not, it's not supposed to be. This is where the place of prayer comes in and being a spiritual person when I say spirit, that doesn't mean you should fast for seven days dry. Or don't. You can do that if you are led. Some of us, we are it's, That's not what we are saying. What we are actually saying is that at least take every matter to God in prayer. Even if it's ten minutes every day. That you want to pray about your relationship. People around you pray. See, as you have those friends around you, and now you don't have four ladies. You, you appreciate them. You like their decency. You like their sense of humor. You like everything. Then go and pray that, Lord, which one? The same thing as you have all these guys around you. One of them plays guitar very well. Let me not start with choir guys. <laughs> Where is Jeffrey? <laughs> okay, I can see David. I don't know. You know, you so you <laughs> but it's not you, I'm just saying. <laughs> so the person plays. You love the way the person appears, even the dressing and everything. You know, sometimes people are <laughs> this is why some men take back their words. 
I was in a relationship one time. I was in two before I finally married my wife. And the two of them broke up with me. I was supposed to be the one breaking it. But I like to keep my word. The first one got to a point. You know, when I was in you, I was, I was a pastor and she just did not like seeing me with any lady. And I told her that. One day we were talking and I said that, I think you will do well with a very quiet man, private man. As a pastor, you can't stop me. And I said, that, look, you are not in my fellowship. You are in another fellowship. All these people that you are suspecting, you know, she knew that I was clean. She just couldn't take. She wasn't. So by the grace of God, he helped me. I got born in secondary school and God has kept me. So our problem was just my spending time. After fellowship, she will come for a fellowship once in a while. And then she will sit. And after service, she will expect that immediately after the grace, I should escort her to the hostel. So I will not be talking with other fellow, fellow, male and female leaders and she will get angry. And she will be going alone by herself. And you know, some of us, it's not that we are not romantic, but we can also be unromantic. I was looking at the discussion you were talking about, that every man says, I need space. If you tell me you need space, I will give you space. All this when a woman wants something, she says, don't post it. Uh, see, I can tolerate that in culture. When we are married, tell me what you want. I don't un- operate design or spirit 24-7. <laughs> so you are sad and you expect me to know why you are sad. What happened to your mouth? If you tell me that I've done something wrong, I can need that for a woman and apologize. But tell me what I've done. Not that inside there you are just moody. And you believe that I will probe and probe and probe, follow you to kitchen, follow you to bedroom, follow you to bedroom. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Shut up, I beg. <laughs> you, you, you want someone that will worship you. <laughs> so I can even understand. A guy can ask two or three times. Uh, if he has asked you for one day, he don't try now. You to help him and say, oh dear, you did this yesterday, I don't lie. Let him apologize. But this one that you expect him to know by the Holy Ghost. So he's checking, what did I do? And the young man can't remember anything. And later when he talks, eh, so you don't know what you did. Okay, you don't know what you did. Okay. <laughs> I don't think a Christian should do too much of that. Even if you begin a little chakra, you will see that he's sober. And he said the word that and he can't remember, remind him. He's not God. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That's very important. So, I made up my mind. And this thing was going, so she would say that after like a week, she would come and apologize that she was sorry. She would see me during the school hour somewhere in school. I'm like, ah, you've not gone to shave. You are looking rough. And I'll say, really? And I'll go to the salon straight away to go and shave, shave, and cap. The day, it only happened, maybe, you know, you must learn lesson after two times. That I just said that, ah, your ear is a little rough. Oh, God. I heard everlasting gospel. She said, so you are comparing me with the people you see. And she went on. And I said, there, you know it's not so. I said, but you say, I said, I can say that. So I started noting that, look, this is not the way it should be. But you see, I did not want to break it. So finally, we finished. 
I think I wrote my last paper February, March, but we did not serve until September. So we had a long time. So when they call us, so uh, about April or May, the fellowship where I was the president was doing a program. So I came, so I was at home for some months. So I came back to school for that program, and my brother was there, you know, and uh, if she's watching, I know she'll forgive me because we are good friends now. So those were these. I believe she will learn later, you know. She's also happily married now. We are still good friends. This is why it's good to, be, to, to actually be friends. It's very important. One day she was in a particular country, one European country, and she led me to do something for her, and I called a friend. I said, this is someone you must do this for, and they, they got the whole thing done. Yes. And there was a time also when she was here that she did something very wonderful for me, even though she was married. So it's good to be, even if you are closing it or closing gently. That day, I went to, so when they, my brother was around us, we were in the guest house in UI. We came in the morning, waiting for the program in the evening. And I called her, so I came from my belt, and she came from another city. So I was telling my, I saw, that means I had not seen her for months. So I was very happy. That, ah, apart from going for this program, I will get to see her, I will sit down again, the way we see, sit down with you, I will talk, and you talk till 11, she will go and say, I will go to my room. I was so happy. So my friend bought a new car then. That was the car we drove to Ibadan. So when I got to the guest house where I was staying, she was staying in a female hostel. So I told my friend, I borrow me your car. With joy. So my friend said, ah, let's go to I said, no, no, no. Three is crowned. Stay, stay, stay. So I took, <laughs> I, I took my friend's car with joy. So I drove to the hostel where she was. So the plan was I was going to bring her to where myself, my brother, and my friend were staying. And that we will talk, we all go for the program together, and then we'll drop her in those where she was staying, and I'll stand by her by those talk for her, and then I'll go to my room. That was the plan. So I drove, and she was talking to a friend of mine at the front of the hostel where I went to. This one who came for that program, but that one stayed in the backyard, posting where she was staying. And they saw each other, wow, are you two you around? And they were talking. And I just moved to park, look for a space to park here. So when I parked, remember I'd been away from school, and I was the ex-pastor. For about two, three months. So three, two ladies came out of the hostel where she was staying also. And they shouted, oh, Pastor is around. Wow. And they ran to me and hugged me. And they stopped a cab, the two of them, and they left. And I just wanted to greet her. So I wanted to walk. I just turned her shoulder. So my friend that she was talking with noticed that one just who started to walk. <laughs> so she sat inside the car. Sincerely, honestly, the first 30 minutes I was trying to process that. What did I do? When I was coming, driving, I called you, and you were so excited on the phone. So what happened in between? He didn't even call to me. So I just said, as I was I just packed. I said, excuse me, what exactly did I do now? She didn't talk. When we got to where we were staying, we came down. Of course, you will pretend. We greeted our friends. Very well, greeted my brother. So when they all stepped out, I just asked her again, are you able to say, what did I do? I just changed suddenly. And she said that, I should see the way those girls were all over me. Oh, sh Honestly, one of the, you know, sometimes when I get, I, I, the thing enter my bone. I said, can I ask you a question? What do you think I should have done? I said, you saw it that this girl didn't plan it. They didn't know I was coming. As they were coming, I should have hit them with the door of the car. Or I should have answered like Jesus Christ, touch me not. That was what I told. I said, what do you think? It's as if that question arrested, so she sat down there. I said, no, you have no answer. What, what do you, you are angry, yes. Just give me an idea. What, should that, what do you think I should have done? And she could not answer. 
and I told her that I see. So I said, you know you've done this before. There was a time we were standing at the front of my hostel when we were both students, and that was the first time. And that there was a lady that she felt alive. That was in my fellowship, and she was a powerful worshiper. Truly, that one told me that she liked me, but I was not led. So we're talking, and that one came out. Now, the school just resumed. It was the first day of resumption. So I didn't know the girl was her. Apparently, she just came from Lagos, dropped her bag in the hostel, and she was coming. I just saw me and this lady talking, and she hugged the two of us and walked away. The conversation just went zoom. It took her three days to tell me what was the problem. She didn't talk again that day. She just rushed up the whole thing. You know, this one answer, yes, 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 I know. So I knew that she was, so I left. So the following answer, I still don't understand what happened. Honestly, I did, my mind did not even go there. Then the third day now said, okay, let me tell you what you did. That's, yeah. So when that one happened after school, I just said to myself that, I was the one that asked out this lady, I won't say I'm not doing it. Even though I'm, I don't advise you to, you should be able to unsay what you have said. When that what you have said is getting you to trouble. But I just decided to say, okay, no problem. I'll wait. So, but that day, I was really upset. But when I was, I just kept, I just said, no problem. So she went back to the city where she was and the thing ended there. Usually, every time we had a problem, I will be the one begging. For, at that day, I made my mind that enough. God knows, I said, I'm not begging. So for like two months or three, we didn't talk. So when we came back for our call-up letter, we both knew that was the end of the whole thing. She saw me, she was still hoping I was going to beg. I just greeted her, how are you doing? So I, and then I walked away. Then she called me, that you know we need to meet. We used to pray, fast and pray every Monday. So we met at that spot where we used to pray, to come and settle and scatter. <laughs> so when we got to that spot, she told me that, you know, in the light of what has been, that we fight too often. Now what do you think? I think relationship should end. I said, I think so. <laughs> so we ended it. I just turned back and I told her that, are you sure what you are doing? I said, because... Don't say tomorrow I broke up with you. You initiated this, but I am fine with it. He said, Ah, she was one that spoke for that. But I said, No problem. So he said, Where are you going to? I said to Queensaw. The females in our fellowship were having a program in Queensaw. So I said, I was going to. I said, She was going there also. So we're talking and going, even though officially off. But we're talking and going, going. When I entered Queensaw, those ones who didn't know I was around, the phone that saw me just ran and hugged me. And her face changed. I was just like, Auntie, <laughs> contract has been cancelled. What do you want? Now I cannot get anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> my two brothers tried their best to get us to come by. I told them that no. That I've seen enough to know that said she's a very wonderful, she could pluck her eyes to give you. She said she's a very wonderful person. I'm not even born in this country. I said she's a wonderful person, nice, decent family, but this thing. I said there might be another man who is a Christian, who is not a pastor, who is a quiet person. They might do well. But not me. Yes. So, that was the first one. But let me not tell you about the second one. Are you with me? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> this is very important. I hope I bless somebody tonight. You've learned something from all I've shared. Friendship. Friendship. Learn all you can 
Make your life beautiful by yourself. Be satisfied as a single guy. Wake up in your house happy. Know where you are going in life. Be able to, you might not be able to pray for six hours, no. But be able to boast of a relationship with God. If it is 30 minutes Bible study every day, do it. God will get committed to it. Then you might not be a billionaire, but be able to undo money wisely. You are not covetous, you are not interested in what someone else, is, someone else possesses. You don't have a car, yet you are not ashamed of anything. You will not go and borrow to impress anybody. You are okay with your life. When you see people of your mate, your mate who display well, you tell yourself that it's just a matter of time we have more than this. But right now, this is where I am. You have been able to control yourself. It's a shirt of two, five, three thousand you can buy now. You wear it with dignity. You don't try to wear what somebody so that you can impress somebody. And then borrow from this, borrow from that to create an impression of what is not there. You've been able to undo money. You earn just 200k, but you know how much you give your parents, how much you keep, how much you save, how much you give in church. You have plans for everything and you are happy with your life because your life has a meaning. As a woman, the same thing. Yes. You know occasionally how to go to an eatery and tantalize yourself. Why are you waiting for a man to take them out? What happened to your leg? Can't you take yourself out? You can call two friends one day. Oh, today's my birthday. I want to take you guys out. And there are two female friends and you are the one. You are happy with your life. Last year you were level 7. Now you are level 9. You are just happy. You don't have a massive apartment but where you live is neat. It's, you come back from work, you jump on your bed as if it's a water bed. You know, it takes small, small things to make life beautiful. There are people whose houses I've visited. It, it, I get very fascinated when I see people who have little, but they maintain it well. I have been to some mini flats before, well arranged. Air freshener in place. You will know that this one is enjoying his life with the little he has. Nice mat, foot mat outside. He has a small TV, but there is, you know, he's enjoying it. Yes, yellow white light. You are not angry saying that the only time you'll be happy is when you live in duplex. You will stay long. Yes. When you wear that shirt, even though it's a cheap shirt, but they will think that you are wearing a space suit. With joy. Your friends love you. They know you are nice. One is in need. You cannot give the person 100K. But even if it's 5K, 10K, you pray for them. This is what I can afford now. Or please, God is not asking you to do what you cannot do. When you follow what I'm saying now, there is a joy that comes into your life. And when you bring a woman or a man into your life, it's into this atmosphere of joy. Just make sure it's someone also who will not pollute that atmosphere of joy. Otherwise, heartache begins from that level. You were happy before until you met him. You were happy before until you met him. Now you are sad because you met a person. Let me stop there this evening.
Let's take some questions very quickly. I am ready. I think the last part is to start refreshment. I hope it will go around all of us. This number is huge. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at this wonderful... How many people are here? Today is your, if this is your first time in this church. Maybe go to another. This is your first time. Can I see your hand? Please rise, rise. I just want to see you. Please rise. This is your first time. Your first time. Wow. So many of them. We appreciate you. Oh! Are you standing on something? Is that your height? <laughs> What's your height? Seven. Oh my God. Do you play basketball? Wow. Awesome. Awesome. What's the name? Oscar. Just appreciate him. I just... <laughs> Hallelujah. If you were there in those days, they would have chosen you to fight Goliath. <laughs> because the height difference won't be much. God bless you. Thank you. And I'm just it. <laughs> now, ask for paper if you want to write your question on the paper. And if you are not ashamed of your question, you are bold to say, I'm the one. Raise your hand like this, sister. They will bring mic to you. Protocol ushers, I need two mics on this, on the. So many answers up. Now, this is the rule because I want to make it short. Just go straight to the point. We will understand the rest. <laughs> By the Holy Ghost. Just go straight to the point. Now, I need somebody on this side, somebody on this side with a microphone. So we'll pass it to people very fast. Okay, that's the first person firing. Yes, ma'am. Praise God. Say your name and go straight to the question. Okay, my name is Aisha, so my question is very simple. Is oh, it's it... you. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, is it possible for God to have told you about a certain man? Okay, this is your husband, right? Maybe not your husband, but like this is a good person. You have peace with this person. And all of a sudden, there are actions and, you know, you are just confused. This cannot be the kind of man God has packaged for me. Following every good gift comes from God. So that's just my question. Yes, it's, it's very possible. It's very, very possible. Uh, I would have loved to spend a bit of time on that, but let me just also add this, that sometimes um, I won't encourage this, but it happens at times. You know, when it comes to relationship matter, it's not straight like that. There can be, for instance, I have seen a guy born in a very, into a very wealthy home and he used to spend recklessly. He made this lady balance like what I have said. You would have said as a married counselor, it was dangerous for a lady dating that kind of because they are very loose. But after like six months, this guy started saving and keeping his money. All of us started praising that girl. She, she refused to allow him to buy things for her. Other than normal things. He wanted to be lavishing money on her. And she said, no, I am in your life to stabilize you. Not to take what you have. He said, you are reckless with your money. And for us to marry, I need to be sure that you spend correctly. And the guy just started all of a sudden arranging his life. By the time they were getting married, he wasn't interested in what he was doing with money before. And within the first two years of their marriage, they had bought properties. And the day they were dedicating one, he got up and he said that if not for this woman, that I love to buy latest things. He said she won't even allow me to buy latest phone for her. He wanted to buy one. The lady said, that, please return. He showed up there, but he said, there's nothing wrong with the phone I'm using. Why are you buying on that one for me? That that money, keep it, we might need to invest and do something. You know, women like that are not very common. Some of them, they will show that iPhone like this to their friends. 
what they just bought for me? iPhone. So, in that case, there was some development in the guy's life. But she knew they were meant for each other, and she, but she did that before marriage, stabilized him. Now, broadly speaking from what you have said, it is possible for God, for you to have, to have conviction about somebody. But when you notice the person misbehaving, please just shift. The fact that God says, this man should be my friend, does not mean I can begin to misbehave. If he can't take it anymore, he should go. You understand what I'm saying? Even though God brought us together, but there is responsibility on each part involved. If God tells me to go and preach in Ghana, and I refuse to go, it's not going to force me. But then he has spoken to me. God can show a woman, a man, his wife, and the man might like someone else. That's the end. Yes. Thank you. Next. My name is Felicia. So uh, my question is, what happens when, uh, so you're, you're cutting someone, ticks all the boxes that you mentioned today, but the... They are Christian, they go to church, but their relationship with God is very questionable. They know how to manage money, take out divorces and all of that. Um, so what, what um, should we do in, in those kind of situations? Should we walk away? Should we try to lead them to God? Or the relationship with God is questionable. Yes. Uh, that's why I talk about friendship. If as a friend, you influence the person until he begins to love God and follow God, fine. But as a lover, you are not sure whether he's doing it because of you. And once you are married, it changes, which I have seen too many times. So it's not very... See, what you want, why don't you get, go for someone that asks exactly what you want? If I want a man that loves... Instead of me to try to force, convert a man into a man that loves God, I would rather go for the one that already loves God, does not need my conversion. So it's better that way. That is not to say that you cannot help the person, reach out to the person. If while you are friends, it changes and it is real, fine. But it just can be risky at times. Alright? Okay. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, my name is Timmy Tokwe. Yes, sir. I appreciate that you said that you didn't ask your wife how much she, she has. Yes. I just want to know, is it okay for a woman to ask uh, guys, for women to ask guys how much they earn? And secondly... Where does the financial planning in marriage comes in if we don't ask each other how much we earn? Very good question. Yes. No, I'm not saying that <laughs> there's nothing wrong in the two of you discussing. I, that was just my own personal decision. So there's nothing wrong. I love the word you use. Financial plan is important. You can sit down and plan together and say that, okay, uh, maybe this is how we run our finances. If it's mutually agreed upon, there's nothing wrong at all about it. Should a woman ask a man? I think so. Um, I'm not always pro-man asking the woman how much you earn. But woman asking man, I'm okay with that. You understand what I'm saying? But the question you raise about planning together, Fanta. So in the course of planning together, you are likely to know how much each other is earning. And once it is done in the spirit of one family, and nobody's trying to, it is true. You understand? And where it gets wrong is... Because his husband is demanding and she doesn't exactly want to do that, but you are forcing her to do that. And that is happening in many regards. All right. Thank you. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. My name is Samson, sir. Um, sir, how would you counsel the guy that doesn't want to get committed to a chick because um, he hasn't hammered? Or how would you counsel the girl that doesn't want Sorry, to... Sorry, who is a chick? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a lady. A okay. <laughs> okay. Um, or how you counsel the lady that doesn't want to get committed to a guy because the guy hasn't hammered? 
she doesn't Thank want you, to sir. commit to the guy. To a guy. Or because the... Vice versa, yeah. Uh, well, you know there are preferences when it comes to this. The guy too should have more time. Not that it becomes a billionaire, but at least what I said, let us see that he is earning something. Now, if what is earning, the lady says, this is way below me, then that's a different ballgame. And that's one they have to make a choice. See, he has to tell her, this is how much I earn now, and I cannot overstretch myself. So you're either in my life, or go for someone that has something that you want, but I cannot stretch myself because of anybody. I think that's the point. All right? It must be a communication between the two of them. I am earning 200 now. Yes, I am not. I believe that one day I'll be earning 4 million. Maybe this is what I have right now. Is she okay with it? If not, I'm not going to steal and become what I am not. So we're either together in this or if you are not okay with it, you want a guy who has a car or something, go for one. Right now, I don't have those things. But I believe tomorrow if we stay together, I will have it. So that is it. Yes? Good evening. Um, my name is Oscar. Yes. What's your teaching about sex in relationship? Like, because um, I have an, a friend, and he's married though now, but he married a virgin, but he's a sex type before he got married. But now, whenever he wants to have sex with his wife, at times his wife is not in the mood. He goes out somewhere. So, what do you teach about sex in relationship? Both before and after marriage. Thank you so much. Before marriage, the Bible is the, our standard, says no. But what I will encourage, which I say to them in this church, once you have reached the point where you have decided to marry each other, maybe your parents are aware, there must be a very honest conversation about sex. Tim Lai has a book on this. There are many books. So there must be a very honest... See, those who have, number one, I go what the Bible says, that's all. But some people have argued that um, because of things that happen, how do they know this one, that one? Even sleeping with somebody else before marriage, somebody does not guarantee knowing the person sexually. And as people that are married, taste will change with time. So it's not for those who say that it's not even an excuse. Because that you are sleeping with somebody before marriage does not mean you understand the person sexually. As you both grow, it changes with time. And then there are things that you can only know when you are living with somebody for more than two years. So what the Bible teaches is purity. But I encourage serious communication. Now, concerning a man who has been very sexually active and a woman who is a virgin, or a man that is a virgin, like I know somebody who grew up in church all his life, and the girl was one time arrested who had been around different men. There will always be balance where there is love. It is true. But I encourage one to, there must be a communication about expectation. See, the best form of sex is when you born truly with somebody, spirit, soul, and body. If it is body alone, prostitute do to pass it even to your children. You have to let go. So, it, you will help people when you do that. Next. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Good evening, church. Yeah. Uh, my name is Rachel, and I have just one question to ask. Yes, um, <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, how do you handle the case of a guy who tells you he likes you, he's been straightforward with you, no um, sex um, attached, just being pure and honest with you, 
and you on your own path, you see that he is someone that has everything you want in a man. But at the end of the day, he tells you, I want you to, can you wait for four years for me to stand on my own, be firm, do this, do that, because I want us to have <laughs> a solid marriage and all that. How do you handle such a case? Because when I had four years, oh boy, I don't know, but I just did not make him feel bad. I was trying to understand that. I saying, understand yes, 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 yes. And you have decided to run now, so <laughs> very good question. Now, sincerely, for all women listening to me, I don't know why, I seem to have sentiment for women. I will advise that you don't wait for too long. Four years of your life is a lot. Now, the, in some cases, you might have some guys who might keep their words. But if they don't, it will prick you. Because in that four years, a lot, and you are not getting younger. So, now, you are right to make your decision. If four years is too long for you, tell him that, sorry, I can't wait for four years. I'm going to look for somebody who is ready to marry this year or next year. Sincerely, it's as straightforward as that. Otherwise, you wait for four years. A man can change his mind anytime. Now, let's say you started, you are 27 and he's saying that he's not getting married in four years. You'll be 31. Let's say he's 32. He can marry a 22-year-old girl. But your own chances are being reduced more and more. So it is important that you tell that I understand your sincerity, I understand he has told you his heart, but I just don't think I can wait for four years. It is true. So, if you can't wait, you can't wait. Yes. You cannot let someone else determine your calendar for your own life. Yes, That's very important. Thank you, sir. Who should check for you before, you before choosing whom to marry? Your pastor, your parents. The answer is the last one now. Yes, it's yourself. Is it your pastor that wants to marry? Look at the woman, even God brought Eve to Adam, and he liked her. Look at the man or the woman and make your choice. Nobody should make a choice for you. Hallelujah. Okay, good evening, sir. Yes. Good evening, everybody. Um, I have your just... Name. Your name? Okay, my name is Miracle. Okay. I have just one question. So, are there people God has ordained for us to get married to? Wow. So because I'm asking this question because uh, a friend of mine some years ago, um, the, a pastor told her that there's a particular brother in church that she must get married to that God has ordained both of them to get married. That's so, manipulation. And, <laughs> and the guy is married now because she, she was like, no, she didn't like the guy. So the guy is married now, but she's not. And Sometimes she'd be like, oh, why, why? Like, probably she made a mistake back then. So I would like to find out from you if there are really people God has ordained, like this particular person you must get married to. Very good question. Thank God you, can sir. lead you to someone, but you are not bound to anybody. Uh, there is nothing per se like, this is the woman, and once I don't marry the woman, I miss God. You see, for every type of woman you like, there are men in that category yes if you love a woman who loves god who is a worshiper there are many worshipers now if you are more specific than a woman who is a worshiper who is fair in complexion there are many fair worshipers now when you say that the one that is tall there are many fair tall worshipers 
So don't be bound to one person. However, if God will say to you that that is the person, you must have had a level of work with God where he has spoken to you about several other things and they happen like that. Don't start hearing God from marriage. Don't start with marriage. Start with every other thing. That's very important. You must have a track record of things that God said and everybody can attest to. So you don't start with marriage that I had a dream I saw by the well. She came to talk to me and everything. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Praise, right. praise God. Yeah. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I have two questions. My name is Adi Jari. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to ask, what's your position about um, partners, especially the man asking the woman for bailout funds? Why they are dating? Yes. Uh, okay, second question. We'll come back to that one. <laughs> You said something about closing doors and closing them gently. So I wanted to ask, are you saying that burning some bridges totally, in some instances, are not valid? If the bridge is bad, let's burn it. So there are some relationships that have led some people astray. That one don't have any... Close the door very well. If I put a lock at the back of the door. But for the first question, you see, how do I put it? Okay, so... She meets a man, and uh, you will meet one very soon. Uh, that's if you have not met one. She's my good friend anyway. She meets a man, or uh, these beautiful twins. I promised them last time that when I see them, I'll be able to tell Taiwan because they are identical. Let me see if I can try. <laughs> okay, now we'll do that after service. So, <laughs> so you have met somebody. The relationship is solid. All of a sudden, the guy runs into trouble. Maybe just an emergency. Let's say mommy is sick and he needs money suddenly. And he says, in truth to the lady, can you just give me like 40k, I will give you back. That might not be a problem. If number one, he returns it on time. But it becomes a problem when it becomes a pattern. Every now and then is coming second time, third time. I need you to bail me out. You are not a bank. That can be a wrong sign. See, what makes this thing painful is this. One day I, was, I went to preach somewhere and a woman just walked up to me and she told me that some of these things were saying that, wow. She said, I'm about, I think she was about 60 or 60 something. She said, for the 38 years of my life where I was working, I was working in a bank. She said, I have no, car, I have no property. I used my own money to serve that stupid man. Talking about us, and I thought that we were still together. He said, I should have known when we were dating, when he was always asking me for money. He said, now 38 years after, he's still asking for money, I'm still doing everything. It becomes very painful when you see that you have just walked yourself into bondage. So now, somebody can be in need and he can say, number one, I would rather prefer. The woman loves you, she knows that your mom is sick. I prefer, as she sees you laboring, she comes by herself. I said, there is there any way I can help? But then let him say you want to ask. Return it like that. As a man, have your dignity intact. If she says, don't worry, I give you, I know you are treating your mom, fine. But first of all, if you say, I'm returning back, pack the money, give her back. 
When she now says, I can see that you spent a lot of money on your mom. I want to be part of it. She's our mother-in-law to be very soon. So please take. Fine. But do your part. But when it becomes a pattern, every now and then, a pattern, then that's not good. Yes. Even in dating us, if a woman is now asking you for money every now and then, there's a problem. All right. Hope I've answered your question. All right. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, my name is Kelvin. Yes. So there's this advice that they like giving to young men. They will tell us that um, even if you are not ready financially, you should get married. That once you get married, everything good will come. They will tell us, in fact, so most of them they will advise you. us that they will say if you've tried everything financially and it's not working, get married. He will find a wife, find a good thing. So my question is, is it a good, because for some of us, me especially, I want my children to grow up in comfort. I want them to be, I want to have everything before I get married and have a child. And, but they will tell us, see, just go and marry. As a young man, the money will come once you see the get the right woman. Find a good woman and you found everything. So what's your advice about that? Very, very powerful and technical question. Honestly, it's a two-way thing. I understand what he's saying. Those who are saying. I have an example even in this church. Certain leaders, if I most leaders, some of them who were just earning something in trick, as soon as they got married, sincerely they went to another level. I can ask people to stand on a Sunday morning and you can see over 20, 30 people that sincerely, I even know in, some, in one, the woman was the one having a good job, her salary was probably times four of the husband's salary. As soon as they got, they got married, the guy just went zoom. I said, I need much more. Sincerely, I've seen this over and over again. And then almost all my friends and were UI that follow what he said. They did how much. As the guy got a job being paid stipend, they got married. It's as if all doors just opened up and they were just climbing. But is it going to be true for everybody? You can marry. I also see people who are married right now and they are as broke as a broken bottle. And there is so much anger because they can't afford anything. Yes. So, uh, you have to, I can't give a direct answer. I've seen the two sides. So it's difficult for me to stay on one side like that. But if I'm to give advice, you have some advice, I will advise have certain measure of comfort before you get married. Yes. At least have an apartment as a man. Have a bed. <laughs> so I I can say those few things. At least ask some things as a man. Uh, so let, let's stop there. And as a woman also, at least I believe you should have a source of income as a woman. It's important. Don't ever step into marriage as a woman having nothing. Please. Have a source of income. If that income is giving you 100K a month, there is something about once there is a progress. Have a source of income. Have something working before you walk into marriage. It's very important. Hallelujah. To what extent should a person go in elevating their partners' insecurities? Especially when they, are, when they always mention their relationship ending. An insecure person, it might be difficult to help. When you try and try, I don't know to what extent, it depends on how elastic your <laughs> tolerance is. 
sincerely speaking, if you try a little and you notice that the insecurity is still there, it's a strong indication that the marriage will follow that pattern. Just leave it. That's the truth. Do you know this happened in America? They both moved no UK. They both moved to UK, husband and wife. The man has always been this insecure type. She got a job before the man. And the man picked a pen, sir, wrote embassy, told all kinds of lies for the wife to be deported back to Nigeria. Because she got a job before him. He just had a feeling that I can't control her again. It was somebody in embassy, somehow they got to know, she got to it was her husband that wrote against her to be deported. And she was not deported. And she was like, now you've carried, so the marriage said, now you've carried it too far. Like in Nigeria, you were doing these things, but I was tolerating you. Insecurity has no end. If you try and let someone else help the person that is not the person, uh, someone that wants to marry the person, insecurity has no end. It's terrible. He will check your phone, he will check everything. He will not allow you to go to places, he will stop everything you are doing. It's going to make you live a very boring life. And if it's a woman, she's going to make your life miserable. Insecurity is a terrible thing. Amen. Dear Pastor, what advice do you give to someone who was deflowered by the music director in a family church and since then has a phobia for having or keeping a relationship with same church brothers because every man in the church that approaches her looks like a potential trouble waiting to happen? If you know this person, you can see me. I understand. Or you can see any of the female pastors. You can be helped. Some things will counsel. Some other things will drive out that stuff by prayer. It's true. There is a death or wound that counsel cannot take care of. It takes prayer of the saints. No, it is true. All right. Oh, you are talking about the next question. Is it a must compulsory to marry? If no, why won't family just let to rest? Tell them to leave you alone. It's not compulsory at all. If you don't want to marry, don't marry. Even though in this part of the world you are protruding, is that being you somehow, but it's not compulsory. And there are even mothers now. I love Catholic Church. Who decided to go to school not to marry? So you don't have to. Reverend fathers are always very brilliant and nice. It's a decision not to marry. That is it. You don't have to. It's not compulsory. Just make sure you don't change your mind when it's too late, yeah? <laughs> so you are now 50, and then you want to change your mind. So you don't, you don't have to. It's not compulsory. Next. Any other hand up? Okay. Good evening, church. Is there a situation with, where generational cause can prevent someone from getting a good partner? Is it a fallacy? And if marital cause is real, how can one overcome it? Just stand in the name of Jesus and command it to end. Or, see Pastor Ebele. <laughs> Are there spells and all those things keeping people? Yes. Well, this is not a deliverance ministry, but I, I agree. I have seen people taking this out of proportion and all kinds of things. But sincerely speaking, I've ministered to somebody with spirituals, but some of those things are real in some people's life. Yes. And I commanded the spirit to go, and she was free. 
and I mention to the person, if the spirit returns, nice your duty to tell the spirit to go. But if I pray for you for some days and months, it won't come back. But it will come back and check whether you have fortified yourself spiritually. It is possible. I have seen siblings, maybe like five of them are non married. None. All of them graduates, all of them did masters, and their stories follow the same pattern. That can't be ordinary. Yes. Only for them to discover that the father joined some confraternities. And when he was looking for wealth and fame, they actually told him that whatever we're going to give you is an exchange for the marriage, marriage of your daughters. Some things do happen. Yes. When they minister to them, nobody pray on the father. In fact, they try to read the father to repent. But the result of prayer when the father died, in one year, all the five of them married. So some things are very, so it's very true. I have been dating this guy for four years and I am not seeing any signs. <laughs> I'll be 27 years this year. Please, what should I do, Pastor? <laughs> what do you mean by signs? I said, <laughs> it's on the same level and nothing is... is what, 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 what sign? I said, no improvement. It's not doing anything. No purpose. Please, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Sit him down and talk for the last time. If you see no improvement, please move. Yes. You see, that you are moving in from somebody does not mean you are a bad person. It simply means that, man, this is the direction I want to go. It looks like we are not on the same page. So I have right to just move. That doesn't make me a bad person. Christians feel bad a lot when they break up with people. But there is no rule that says you can't break up courtship. If you are going to Adenine Jones and I'm going to Ackman, we need to separate. So once you get close and you realize that, so this is not what I want. No, there's no problem with that. How do you deal with a girl that can't get over the odd from the ex? Give her some of my messages. She will get over it. If she doesn't, please leave her alone until someone else helps her to get over it. Whether you'll be the one or not, but you don't want to get along with somebody who is carrying a serious baggage that she will not let go of or he will not let go of. Yeah. Why is it that a man makes his life complicated when he tries to understand a woman? And you have said also, you can't understand them. You have to love them, not to understand them. It is difficult to understand women. Just love them. Just love the right one. And <laughs> understanding will come later. <laughs> so, somebody, let me take that before I read this one. I'll take three more and then we have to end there. Okay. Yes. Somebody speaking, please. Ask Good evening, church. My yes. name is Favor. So, my, my question is similar to where we just dropped. In understanding women, I understand that, like, affection is, is a big deal to women, right? So, my question really is, for someone who is not given to emotions naturally, right, how do you, uh, how do you cope? Is it the man now? The man now, right, in trying to be like responsible, uh, responsive to, you know, her feelings and all of that. That's my first question. My second question would be, how do you um, make your partner now see and understand the place of mentorship? 
first in their life personally and then maybe in the context of both of you being together, you know, um, and your relationship leading, leading somewhere. Okay. Let's start with the first one. It is true that some guys are not emotional. They are not uh, romantic. It's not a crime. It's not every man that will bring flowers to you and kneel down. <laughs> so some men will just be like, one flower. We'll go and pluck one outside. Now, a guy not being romantic does not mean he doesn't love a woman. Where the problem is, is this. If you are a woman that craves seriously for romance, and you, now, you are dating a man who is not romantic, then you are not in agreement, there will be a problem. Or if you are a man who is not given to romance, and you are running after a lady who all she wants is that uh, when she's sad, you look at her eyes, you know, when she's in the kitchen, you a girl that likes you, stand behind her, you are singing songs, and you are not a music composer, but you are, you know, all those things that you, you make her feel happy, you tell her, you know, all of a sudden you are a poet. I see the moon, I see your face, and, you know, <laughs> not, some men are like that, and some women want that. Some men are straight, like plywood. No emotion, no nothing, but he loves you. He will care for you. He will listen to when you are, he cares, but he doesn't know how to do all this. Now, what you have to ask yourself is now, as a woman, if that means a lot to you, I didn't get to this point, but we talked about it on that day that women don't have the same love language, which they have said many times. For some people, what makes them feel loved is that you are there for them, you know you are a poet around them, you shadow them with love, you just keep talking and talking, <laughs> there's nothing to say again, you know. That's how some people feel loved. Some other people, they just see it as, if you just give to them or something, different ways. Some women, if you support what they want to do, that's how they feel loved. So, a man who is not romantic should not go for a woman who all she wants is a very romantic person. She will think you are not nice. And it's not that you are not nice. You are not just that kind of person. Did you get what I've just said now? And the man on his part will think that the woman is over-demanding. And she's not, but that is who she is. But I've met women who don't care. They know you love them, but they don't need you to sing a song or act in a romantic way. They just know that you love them. In this church, there are couples who come to church, they wear the same clothes. Some people will never wear the same clothes with their wife. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't like her. It just doesn't like this, what they call you, my uncle. When he said, dear, let's wear the same, the look he will give you, that wear what you want to wear, let me wear it. And it does not mean it doesn't like you. It's just not that, you see, you can't force a personality on people that... You can only say it's unfair to you if he maltreats you, if he doesn't do what he should do as a man. But if it's not the type that is romantic, you know, on your birthday, he puts roses on the floor to spell your name. And you know, Master Kisney, he, he does that very well. You know, you plan. He even planned one time that he was traveling abroad and entered plane before the wife. A day to her body or so. So she thought he was not going to be around. And I don't know how he did it. I think he flew to UK and came back. The same, the following day. And the woman was out and he went to hide inside the room and they switched up the light. And she came to the room, no, she was feeling bad that today my birthday, my husband is not around. And as she was moving around, I just saw the guy, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but see, <laughs> some guys from us, 
for some. Where is the money for tickets? <laughs> so you mean I'll travel? So some guys are not like that. But it doesn't mean they don't love. Now, when that is what you want, except when you see someone bring it to your friend, and you now want to bring that under mistakes some women do. You want to bring what you have seen in your friend's house to your own house. You are two different people. Your husband might be a very good person, but he's not like that guy. He might not be that kind of person. Some men will not open door for you. It doesn't mean they hate you. You understand? Some men, whatever they are eating, they will they come and take, and then he uses his mouth to put it. <laughs> and you both cut it, and you are laughing, and you end with a kiss. Some guys are not like that. I <laughs> said, give me. He says, what happens to your hand? Pick it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it does not mean it's not nice. You are expecting from me what it is not. So that's what I can say about that one. What's the second question again? Uh, he asked another question. Remind me. Mentorship. It's always good for man and woman to have the same mentor. Um, your wife can have a female mentor that she adores, she respects. But just make sure that as you date at this time, it's a mentor whose values you also like. See, if a woman loves a female figure whose words the husband don't like, you might have some problems. The thing about people who minister to you is that you also start thinking like them. This is why it matters which church they are both going to. You start thinking like them. When it's a pastor that has a successful marriage, he loves people, the two of you will begin to gel towards more. But if it's another way, somebody likes this one, and this one likes this one, you might have some issues. I know a family who broke up on the fact that the woman was going to a church like principles, success formula, all those things, and the, the man was going to deliverance ministry. It first started by saying that when we marry, we go to a different church. And he truly was doing that. But it started by saying that when we pray in this house, you must cover your head. Then any small thing, it is demon. You want to wake up behind a man who jumps up 3 a.m. Hey, what's the day? And he begins to bind. In Jesus. And you, you are like, so there's nothing in this matter. Then the son is having just malice. Say, let's give him pastor more. And the man says that, no. All the who are doing us. You invest, you are like, okay, maybe I should have done this investment. But he says that the ideas are taking the money. And this back and forth, you will be very frustrated. The woman came to see me one day. She was telling me, you know what, I'm dumb. She was angry. So that is it. What pained her most are the guys, members of the church, will now come and they were thinking that she was not a Christian. Because she was wearing a wig and everything. And she made up her that she wasn't joining their prayer. See, at first she used to join them. But it was all about binding, losing, rowing on the floor. And she said, look, God is not like this. And the husband said, you are a rebel. So, all those things, they matter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who is your mentor? Find out, does the person believe in the person also? It's very important, if you have a mentor. Who is your pastor? Does she like your pastor or does he like your pastor? It's also very important. Yeah. She happens to one of your spiritual daughters and you don't want to look like you are taking advantage of her. Uh, God shows you something. If you are convinced about her, 
and she's not underage. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Relationship can develop in different ways. You might be mentoring a lady in sincerity and you might fall in love with her. Well, if you don't manipulate to get her from somebody, because I've seen that, and today the marriage has ended. When I was asking the woman what her name, she said about 60-something years, so she told me she has a very beautiful career in the United States of America. And I went for a conference there, we began, and I told him that I should have known when I met him, that when we were in university, I was dating someone else, but it was the pastor of the fellowship. We had a little disagreement, and I went to see him, and he began to talk me into leaving that guy and talk me into his life. Those kind of they don't end up very well. They don't end very well. This is what a pastor can do and act like a devil. It doesn't end very well. So you see a beautiful lady with a young guy dating, you are not married, and then she's talking to you about something, and all you are trying to counsel her is how she will break up with that guy so that you can take her. When you do, the marriage will be terrible. Because that guy might not even be as spiritual as yourself, but God will see to it that you will pay for what you have done. Yes. So, um, but if there's nothing like she's dating someone, you are trying to talk out of it, if it's pure love you have for her, she's not in a relationship, and it's not that you are imposing yourself on her. The only advice I will give this person, I suppose you are a spiritual leader. Do not tell her that God said you are my wife. Because you are a mentor. She respects your God said. And she might not want to take her own decision. Put it like, I like you. Do you like me? And tell her to tell the truth. That if she does not like you, there is no punishment. And she's not going to hell. So that she can see her mind. That see, I love you as my pastor. You are a blessing to me. But you are not handsome. I can't marry you. And whatever she tells you, take it like a chloroquine. Sima. It's very important. See, it's good for the two of you. If there's no spark she's feeling for you, she only respects you spiritually. We don't live with our wives with spirituality. When you are told, there will not be romance. A lot of women respect their pastors. Good. But see, if you are still living together with him, he's a different person. You don't like him. You love how he teaches the word, but it is different from the kind of person you want. When you start living together, you will get angry. So, that's what I can say to that person. Two more people are we close. Yes? Just two more. I know there are many people. I will take you, I will take you. Ah, when they when when say that two more, then the answer will increase. Let me just take straight that one minute. Okay, uh, good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Good evening, church. So, my question is, okay, this question is coming from uh, an argument. Okay. So, in a situation where you, okay, it's like a normal friends group. Ask the question, sir. I understand. But it's applicable. Yes, so, sir. now, the person does not like to borrow money at all whatsoever. Yes. He likes to stay on that whatever the condition is until he's able to achieve that. Yes, but sir. the friends feels like it's wrong for that person to not ask them for help or I mean what do you think about situations like that? This person does not like borrow money or does not not that he doesn't he will not accept uh, help or he doesn't like to borrow money at all. It's a good thing if he doesn't like to borrow money. Others might feel like you are in a tight corner. Ask if you, have, if you need help. 
But some people don't want anybody to... Say, when it comes to borrowing, they don't like it at all. It's okay. There are churches in Lagos who collected loans to build their church. They are doing well. They paid back. I know one very beautiful church. The man is a man of integrity. The bank gave them 20 years to pay. They paid back in 10 years. But Bishop Boedeko does not believe. He has said he will cost any winner's pastor that borrows. <laughs> because he doesn't... But he doesn't fight any other person for saying that because people are not the same. Some businessmen borrow to do business from bank. Some people hate the idea of borrowing from bank. So it depends on individuals. Alright? So if your friend doesn't want to, people should leave him. That's what he wants to do. It's okay. I have some friends, if there is a need, I can say that. Can I do this and we work? I have friends like that. But some other friends don't want to and it's good. That's what makes life interesting. Yes, ma'am. Good evening, sir. My yes. name is Amara. Okay, I want to ask something. A friend of mine is married, and he was like, he'd not tell his wife his what. He bought about two plots of land with some houses. He just likes to do money, just one. So I was like, ah, what happened? He doesn't want the money feeling too big, and maybe he has too much money like that to be asking for money. Is it really right for a husband to keep as in the asset from his wife? Thank you. I don't believe in it. Um, you should be able to trust your wife. If you say that I have 50 plots, but I want us to live a simple life. If she's your wife and she trusts you, you live like that. Maybe, so, so it has to do with trusting. Maybe it feels like if we let her know how much she has, she will ask for a big car, she will change her taste. Some women do that. But you should marry somebody that, if you say, look, I'm actually a billionaire, but I'm riding Camry. I can buy a jet, but I don't want to. She should live like that. It's okay. Maybe that's his fear, but I don't believe in that. You should be able to tell the woman, this is what he wants to do. I have this money, but I don't want to appear like a rich man. Ask some friends like that. You will not know how much they have until you get into their accounts. But they live a very simple body. body. The two of them, they know, and they're okay with it. Yes. They enter plane, they sit down in the economy. Yeah, they can buy everybody in business class. That's why people like that. It's a decision. Hallelujah. Okay. What did I say the last two? Okay, let me take this brother and take this sister here. The rest of you, Jesus will visit you. <laughs> yes? Hey, good evening, sir. Yes, good evening, sir. church. My name is Emmanuel. The question I have is this. Um, my parents, specifically my mom, a blessed memory now, my dad, there's this kind of tribe. He does not, he will not permit <laughs> He has made it clear to us. If you are dating anybody, mentions this tribe, take off. That's the word he used. So what if um, the person God has for me, for example, is now from that tribe? And you know, parental blessing is also key. What was well, your advice? Are they both alive? Mom has not been with a lot, but dad's alive. And he's still standing on that. One of the things I will recommend, I've dealt with this conversation before. Before you meet the person, or when you meet the person and you've not asked the person, I begin to have a conversation. If you know that I've been using a word, the word conversation a lot, there is power in a word gently spoken, but from the place of prayer. Begin to talk to that, asking him why. And then begin to explain one of the things we can do to our parents. You see, if you are trying to talk when there is a matter on ground, people are already biased. They will raise their defense. Now, I have not met a Yoruba girl or an Igbo girl. But I'm beginning to talk to my mom that, see, this notion you have about Igbo girl, mommy, 
surrounded by my office and they are good people. And I'm sharing with my mom that God has made all of us by one blood from all tribes. Everybody came from Adam, mommy. And I'm explaining, it might not be a message that will sail in one day. And I think I have somebody who did that with his prayer repeatedly, showing them from God's word. Because these are family all time to pray together. Like, Daddy, this is it. And after a while, when he finally, he didn't plan it to just happen that he met again from that place. And when he told them, they raised their dead, he just said, well, because God had been working in their hearts. You can begin to have a frank, very, very serious conversation with them from the word of God about the fact that all tribes are good people and bad people. It will help. Then secondly, I've, I've met people who asked me, or who, the, the sisters, to be precise, that I marry a pastor. Like, what's your reason? Said pastors are boring people. They are too spiritual. Every time, prayer, fasting, Bible, that they don't talk about other things in life that they can't. Even if God is leading them, they will not go in that line. So what's your advice? And especially when you know that for such persons, that is what God has planned for them. Some people will marry pastors. It's not as if God will force. Thank God some will marry us. <laughs> so, but they used to say it categorically that they won't. Why? Because they have this notion that pastors are boring, they are not caring, they are too spiritual people. What's your advice for people like okay. that? Okay. Uh, everything always depends on some might have had a very bad experience. Maybe I know pastors' daughters who don't want anybody. When you see all those things, it means that things were not well said. Spirituality does not make a man boring. It's a personal taste. When I was in school, I was a pastor, but I used to play long tennis. I used to play football. Spirituality does not make a person boring. It depends on the person. So, if a woman thinks so, anyway, then she should not marry a pastor. But if God tells her, if she started sensing her spirit that God wants her to marry a pastor, she should pray about it. God will send her one that is not. But there are many pastors that are not born in. They are spiritual, but they are not. No pastor reads the Bible 24-7. And no pastor fasts and pray every day. But when you are married, it has to be what your wife believes in that you are doing. For instance... I don't ask anybody in the house to join me in fasting. If the whole church is fasting, they participate. If I am fasting, it is me. My children attend the two services because we leave home very early. But I'm planning after a while, when we have more services, they choose the one day because I am the pastor, not them. A pastor has to be careful of all these things. You can drive them into a personal life and they don't like it. So, um, for instance, pastors should say they want to watch cinema, go to cinema. If there's nothing wrong with the film, there's nothing wrong with that, even though you might not want to go. Naturally, I don't like going to places. Relatives and friends are tired of me. I don't go for weddings, I don't go for... If I come for your events, you are blessed. Neither am I excited to come for miles. Anyway, I don't do any events, so don't come. Because if you come and you expect me to come for yours, I will not come. So, I understand that it can be, yes. I can sit on one spot for one hour, for hours praying and I understand. But every day is not like that. So, somebody has to convince the lady that pastors are not as boring as you think they are. But if you are so angry and you resist anything, pastor, fine. Marry a pilot. But God can turn him to a pastor later. Like Gloria Copeland, she vowed never to marry a pastor. 
And God said, no problem. So she married a pilot. And after some years, he became a pastor. And God said, I got you. <laughs> you are still here. <laughs> and now she's all over the world blessing lives now. All I know is that even if you have a reason to resent the idea of marrying a pastor, if it is God's plan for you, along the line, it will correct that mind and that desire will reform in your heart. It is true. Hallelujah. How many of you don't want to marry a pastor? You belong to that category. You made up your mind. Raise it very well. So who do you want to marry? Everyone is looking at you from above. You are making me to preach and you don't want to marry the likes of me. Fine. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> marry a music producer. Marry a lawyer. God will help you. Last question. Last person. That yes. family stop, that parental blessing about tribe is very important. I believe with God all things are possible. Sir, there is a lady who is school she's a lawyer. Her father did not want, now these are even Igbo people. And the father did not want another state in Igbo. I know some of you Igbo will understand what I'm talking about. This state versus this. The father said, call them. And said that, well, I don't want, shortly after that, the girl met another guy in law school, with the law, and he was from that, that state. And the guy told her, no problem. Let's just pray. So she told her mom, I must say, don't let your father hear. And the father happens to be an, a, a, a bishop, an Anglican bishop. Yes. When she prayed, what God did, they posted the father to the states as a state bishop. The state that he did not like. And the people in that state welcomed him so well. On one occasion, I, when I went to the east, I stayed in that house, about several bedroom duplex. That the uncle, they gave to the man. It was a very wonderful place. And the man, every month, devotion will be talking about the father. These people are so nice. So the daughter woke up to him. She was the last born. And told that, say no to my man in this guy. And I will tell the old child that you are hypocrites. That you, they give to you, you love them. They shower attention on you, but you don't want me to marry one of them. I will tell the old church. The father said, eh, you see, I too. When I was there, the kind of food they gave me, the people treated the father so well. That melted his heart towards them. You know, parents have a lot of things they've heard about that tribe. Ijebus are this. Yorubas are this. But what they don't tell us is that they don't tell us people from the same village who married and who are about to kill each other now. And I know quite a number of Yoruba, Yoruba, and the marriage dissolved. Igbo, Igbo. You don't talk about that. So sometimes we need to sit with our parents and begin to let them know. Mommy, stop saying this. If you want me to marry from my village, don't send me to Lagos. Let me live and grow up in my village. The best way to marry a man from a village is to live here. What are you doing in Lagos? So the kind of village you are from, to find somebody from your village in Lagos is difficult. Why don't you go back to your village, get a job there? You are likely to be surrounded by people there, then you will easily get someone. I don't know why people say that now, in this of internet and the rest. We should not be saying that again. But parents, have been said, some of them, they had a very ugly experience with people there. Teach your dad and your mom about forgiveness. And mommy, the Bible teaches forgiveness. 
a evil man might have done this to you, a Yoruba might have done this to you, an outsider might have done this to you, but you are now a Christian. You need to forgive and let go. Not all of them are like that. Yes. Shebi, you've told me of your friends, fellow Yoruba, who betrayed you. Other than my father died one time. You, you've told me stories of your friends that you went to school together who betrayed you. So no, don't say things about that tribe. Because your people are doing the same thing. Amen. Hallelujah. I love intertribal marriages. They're always very beautiful. When the husband is Igbo, the wife is Yoruba, the wife is Yoruba, the husband is all those things, and the man is Fulani. <laughs> the woman is Igbo. Those are those who don't cross at all. <laughs> it's beautiful. Very beautiful. Hallelujah. All right. I think we have come to the end. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. You are the last person. Yes, yes ma'am. Ma Good evening, sir. Yes, ma'am. My name is Juliana. So I want to ask, um, I met someone, and a friend, and he asked me out. So uh, after praying and my own conviction, we didn't, it didn't go well. So then um, the cousin met me, and it became an obstacle, like a serious obstacle. So when you were talking about uh, you meet someone, the cousin, I was just telling my friend, I can't go through that route because... I know what I experienced when I well, obstacle as in you met someone. Yes. The relationship did not work. Yes. Then you so met the person's cousin. The cousin. Yes. Is the cousin interested in you also? Yes. So it became an obstacle. Who became the also the former guy? The former guy to the cousin. <laughs> they are related. If you have faith as a mustard seed, thou shalt say to this mountain, this obstacle, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. Listen, this is why, one of the reasons why the Bible even talks about sex, no sex before marriage. You met him, there was no flow, you met someone else. He's acting in the wrong way. He should leave you. Cause it. Maybe God just used him to cause you and the cousin to mix. Your real husband is the cousin. He was just a player who facilitated the pipe that connected you need to get someone who can talk to him and say, let's go. That's it. A friend of mine, she's in a, a city in Abel. She got married to her friend's uh, uh, elder brother. Herself and the friend were in the same class and they started getting close for love, but they did not start a relationship, but they were just getting close. And one day she went to the guy's house. One thing later on, it was the elder brother she started liking. And when the younger one saw it, just removed himself and went to look for someone else. You, you, in this life, those who have understanding don't block anybody. This is the way people are fighting. That girl like me, she now likes somebody else, and you are now fighting that somebody else. Or a woman get out of a matrimony and going to fight the husband's girlfriend. Is the girlfriend the problem or your husband? I don't understand. You know, you see some of the videos on YouTube, two women fighting over a man. A very stupid thing to do. If a man looks at her and he says he loves you and he's dating someone else, take a walk. It's not worthy of you. It's simple. If you like a woman and she gives her an impression that she likes someone else, just leave her. Don't think twice. Go look for somebody. Who likes you as you are and who stays with you? Not the one that you are trusting God. <laughs> That should keep his eyes on you. He 
Can we stop here? Amen. She told me the story of how they met. And it's a lovely story. Can you tell us in one minute or two? Please come, sir. Come, man. Can I have a mic? They've been married for how long? 15 years. Tell us. Just hear this one. It will be a short story and we'll share the grace after that. I know I've kept you for a long time. We have to go. Just, just listen to this. Just make it very brief, as brief as you can, ma'am. Thank, thank you, sir. You, ma and thank you for the opportunity. Good evening, church. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes. Um, Take the mic closer. In answering uh, uh, Papa's question, and uh, you know, there was somebody that said that how long do you have to date before you get married? Yes, uh, yes I, I think I'll start from there. Uh, but I won't call it dating. But we met around this time, like this March, 15 years ago. And five months later, we were married. Wow. That's a record. <laughs> <laughs> Go but, on, uh, I shared a bit of it with Pastor Maureen as we sat there. And uh, it's been 15 wonderful years. Uh, in all that you do, I also emphasize relationship. Uh, and, uh, you know, yes, relationship is paramount. Uh, but God has a way of meeting you at the point of service. Uh, because I met my husband while serving the Lord fervently. Uh, I remember I sat in front of the children's church, and he went to one church where they told him that he couldn't become a worker until they had done worker school for eight months. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do worker school for eight months, sit in the congregation and not serve. So his colleague invited him to our church, and he came. So I think somehow he sat in the congregation. He had seen me uh, the previous week, like some two days earlier, but we just got introduced and that was it. So when he was leaving, he came to the children's church. I sat in front of the children's church. I was receiving the babies and he came to look for his colleague to say that he was leaving. Uh, so I was the usher at the gate of the children's church. So my husband came in, we got talking, and lo and behold, we continued talking and talking and talking, and talking, and talking. So he asked for my complimentary card, and I said, no, I teach, we don't use complimentary card. Now, in answering someone else's question that talked about, uh, do generational causes prevent you from getting married? Yes, generational causes are real. But in the place of service, you might not need somebody to walk up to you and say, fall down and die, uh, uh, you know, like before the generational causes uh, disappear. I had had an encounter some years back, uh, and I knew that something was wrong somewhere. Uh, you know, like someone had walked out on me, and I said, I'm sorry, I can't marry you, because they said that it, it will not work. And I asked them, I said, who said so? so he just said, they said it will not work. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And then uh, some years after, I had another encounter, and someone uh, was, uh, you know, like praying. We were praying, and uh, she said, oh, uh, the enemy put a mark on your face, and any man that sees you, or would walk away. And then in the midst of service, uh, serving as an usher, because I've served in different departments, so in the midst of serving as an usher, uh, I had a personal encounter with God at a revival. And I uh, you know like, uh, the children that saw me said they saw blood on my face. Uh, by the time my pastors came to pick me up, uh, they did not see any blood. And my pastor looked at me and said, in your serving God, God had taken the mark away. So Amen. the day my husband met me in front of the children's church and we were talking, 
uh, you know, like that was the first time we were sitting together to talk. Uh, he just looked at me and said, um, uh, do you know you're a beautiful girl? And you oh. know, uh, normal shakara at level. Uh, you will look at that person. I, I looked at him and I said, my mirror tells me that every day. <laughs> I, I, he said, no. I, I know what I'm saying. As we sat here talking, I saw two hands descend from heaven. And uh, it, it removed like a blanket from your face. And that was when I began to see how beautiful you are. And, and for me, I knew that uh, that was it. So when uh, three days later, he sent me a text and said, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. I uh, you know, like I, I, I started laughing. Uh, so I sent the text to my pastor. My pastor called me immediately and I said, Daddy, shape my shaman rock on me. And uh, my pastor said, I'll bring him over. Uh, so I took him to my pastor the next day uh, and uh, my pastor gave me a nod and a go ahead. Uh, and then before the end of the week, I took him to my parents and there was a chemistry between. Uh, my dad and him. And then three, uh, okay, the following week I was out of the country, so everything was via email. The third week I came back into the country and I said, are you sure about the text you sent to me that you want to marry me? He said, yes. I said, okay, if you're serious, take me home. And home for him is just. So he took me home after three weeks and uh, we met his parents. And I, I shared the story with Pastor last week. His parents put me in the sitting room and interviewed me. You know who wants to be a millionaire? Yes, my home was who wants to be a husband and who wants to be a wife. So they interviewed me for 45 minutes. And then they took me into the girl's room in the house and called their son and interviewed him for one hour, 45 minutes. And so after the interview, uh, they brought both of us together and his father is a pastor. He said, uh, now seeing that uh, both of you are walking in one accord. You have our blessings. Then they sent for all these siblings the next day and uh, you know, like, introduced me to them formally as the wife that was coming in. Uh, so, uh, you know, like, after how, uh, you know, like, uh, MTN, I give kudos to MTN. God bless them. <laughs> you know, nice like, all God. those midnight calls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. so all our courtship, all our talking, getting to know each other, uh, was empty and midnight calls. Our parents planning for our wedding. In fact, you know, like, we were supposed to have our introduction in August. So, uh, like, when I vacated in June, I just said, August, uh, two months' time, August, August. I said, I teach your mom is a proprietress. We're free in August. Can we have the wedding? He just said, okay, no problem. So when he called his dad, and told his dad that I wanted to get married in August, not introduction again. His dad said, Nathan, what happened? He said, no. Daddy, you know your son. Nothing has happened. Uh, we just <laughs> made up our minds that we're getting married. And yes, he didn't open my skirt. So we got married. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, and that was it. The planning started and everything. So after the wedding, we went back. And our wedding was a carnival. I must tell you, I had three weddings. Uh, a traditional in Lagos, a white wedding. Then we went back to Joss to have a carnival in Joss because all the people that couldn't come for the pastor's son's wedding had to turn up and we had another carnival. Uh, so I sat at my father-in-law. why you should marry a pastor. 
pastor's son's uh, wedding. So after the <laughs> wedding, I sat at my father-in-law's feet. I do that even up to now. And I was like, ah, three months. Nathan came to Lagos in December. And uh, you, uh, you know, like, you people got married. I said, you would have known each other for like three months, Abby. I just started laughing. He said, Kemi. I said, that is three weeks. <laughs> three weeks, okay. How? When? Ah, I said, Daddy, <laughs> I can't answer that. And I know, like, I must say it's been 15 glorious years. Hallelujah. Uh, we're still each other's best friends. Uh, it, uh, sometimes I look at him and he feels like we just got married yesterday. Hallelujah. And that's it. And oh. uh, if you're looking for love, I, I will tell you, it takes more than love to marry someone. Uh, it takes more than love to sustain a home. I fell in love with my husband inside marriage. I fell in love with him uh, because of his character, his attributes, everything put together. Uh, you can't say that you love somebody in three weeks, Pastor, really, uh, because you have not known the person. Uh, well, another thing that I tell people is that if you're going into any relationship and everybody is against it, I think that's uh, one sign uh, to watch out for. You don't want to go into marriage and start struggling. Uh, because if you don't have peace with your hand, love, peace with your, uh, you can't have peace with your husband. There will be secrets upon secrets upon secrets. And we let everything open, bare on the ground. And that's how we steal her. Hallelujah. Wow. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. I'm in love. Only that sweet Holy Spirit. <laughs> Brother, God bless you, sir. You know what? How many of you want us to do this again? This meeting has to hold again. We wait for some few months. Now, while she was talking, I always sense when this is happening. I will do this in one minute. There is a strong anointing I feel right now. If there is anybody that something is going on in your life that is beyond natural. Either creating a delay, a setback, a mark on you that is not of God, repelling the right person. A situation, maybe health condition, that threatens your godly marriage. Something you can't even tell people. Right now, in the name of Jesus, as a sign of agreement, put your hand on your chest, wherever you are. You found spirit of the devil, whether of infirmity of any, or of any spiritual affliction, whatsoever spirit operating in any life here, threatening their glorious marriage, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, take your hands off them right now. I bind you and I cast you away from them in the name of Jesus. Whatever spell, it is broken right now. The mark is wiped off by the blood of Jesus Christ. I speak the blood of Jesus over you. That you are free, healed, delivered, set free. No more delays. The shackle is broken right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
And whosoever the Son set free is free indeed. I announce over everyone here ready for marriage. The bells are ringing now. Amen. The season is here. Amen. Everyone desiring the right person, the Lord causes your path to cross. Amen. And you will recognize the person. Amen. I pray for every young man here. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the Lord enlarge you financially. Amen. May resources never be an issue again. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you all in the name of the Lord. You are blessed. Before I see you again, you would have moved many times beyond where you are right now. In Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. Thank you all for coming. God bless you. The Lord bless and increase you and take you home safely in Jesus' name. Amen. We will announce our next meeting. Good night, everyone. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again, and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of your family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.